Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, reminding you it's never your fault. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to a special edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I know it's not Saturday, but look, I got a really hot, cool guest, and I was like, he needs to come on. So we're doing it Wednesday, Wednesday night, and I want to let you know you can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, lots of cool pictures. That's Saturdays with Joy Keys there. Also now, I don't know if you guys know, you can hear the show Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and as well as here on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're listening to music, you get bored, you want to slide over to a podcast, think about us. And also, please review. You can, you know, leave a couple stars or whatever. Please do that at the end if you really like the show or you have some other comments. It's really appreciated. So tonight, wow, I got a really hot, I mean, I've been getting a lot of comments, okay, from his pictures. Of course I put the hot <laughs> pictures up. I didn't put his homely pictures up, okay? Um, this is uh, Vaughn Ebron. He's uh, playing on the Oval, and um, they're coming back on October 2020. And um, he's here right now. Good evening. Hello. How you doing, Joy? I'm all right. How are you? Should I say root, root, cute dog in the house? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Shout out to the brands. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Happy to be able to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, excited to get into it. So we were talking earlier about this COVID situation and um, how you were able to work. Tell the audience a little bit about what you guys had to go through to finish filming some of the scenes and stuff. Yeah, so um, basically when COVID hit, uh, I think it hit the industry the hardest starting in March. Um, So I had just finished King Richard with Will Smith. I was in L.A. shooting that. Um, I finished that the weekend before I went back down to Atlanta to shoot um, the second season of The Oval. And I was down there for five days. It was the Friday before we was about to start shooting the next Monday. And the executive producers calls us in and they say, look, this COVID thing, we're not going to mess with it. We're not going to take any chances. So give us two weeks to figure out, you know, how we can still film and deal with the COVID thing. <laughs> so right. when I first heard it, I thought they were playing. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't know they were serious. I was like, we really not about to shoot this? Like, everybody's down here now. We're going to take a break. Uh, so... <laughs> Lo and behold, 
two weeks, <laughs> two weeks turned into basically six months. <laughs> six months. So after that two weeks, obviously everything went dark. Um, the city of Atlanta went down. L.A. went down. I feel like everywhere went down. Um, so I flew back to L.A., was talking to my manager and agent a lot and just seeing if there was anything that was shooting, if we were still auditioning. Um, and they said, nah, everything is shut down. So COVID literally mm. shut Hollywood down from March until probably, probably, uh, well, when Tyler shot Sisters, that was the first production, I think, that I know of that went back into uh, production. And that was the beginning of uh, the middle of July, I believe. So, um, yeah. Uh, everything crazy, was shut down for right? a long time, man. And, yeah, we were just figuring out, you know, obviously there was things that we could do in the back end as far as trying to, uh, again, set up meetings, set up auditions, and book anything that when we were given the green light again that we can actually go and do. Uh, but it was such a questionable and uncertain time that you didn't, even if you did book something, you didn't know when you was going to actually be shooting it. Uh, so it was just a, it was just the life the past six months has just been a big question mark for the industry. Now, how about you and your family and being able to reach, you know, your parents and your siblings? How has that been? Were you doing like Skype stuff? Uh, you know, I heard you come from a huge family, like eight or nine siblings. So how did that work out with your family? Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily my family, uh, my, my father, he was still able to work, um, and do everything that he was able to do, and he was being safe as possible. Um, so luckily, he was still able to work. My mother was still able to work. So I, I'm just happy that my family was still being taken care of uh, financially and being as safe as possible. Um, they live in Georgia themselves, so obviously I was talking to them all the time and then just getting regular checkups with them. Um, most of my siblings are in college, so their classes shut down. And they were trying to deal with, I think they had like an early midlife crisis because they was just like, I'm about to graduate. I don't know what I'm going to do, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I was trying to yeah. go into the job market. Now that's closed down. <laughs> so it was um, it, it was just a very time. And everybody was just trying to figure out their own, what they were going to do in their own path. Um, but luckily, everybody was still stayed, still able to work. So we were, you know, God really blessed us with that compared to, you know, a lot of other families who weren't as fortunate. Yeah, a lot of people are out of work, and now they're talking about, you know, they're not giving a second, um, you know, stimulus package to people. And, you know, the right, reasons yeah. are that, oh, you know, they're, if we give them a second pack, if we give them some more money, they're just going to be lazy and bummed. First of all, you only gave people like six hundred, twelve hundred dollars. So, like, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? I don't know of apartment. You know, I don't know of an apartment like a one bedroom apartment. That's not even rent for a month. So, I think I'm gonna get my ass back exactly. to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It was so funny because this past Labor Day weekend, I was looking at everybody like, "Oh, so y'all must have been working out here for y'all to be out here celebrating Labor Day weekend like y'all been laboring." <laughs> Because I was like, yo, I'm trying to get back to work as soon as possible. <laughs> I was trying to get back That's to work as sure. soon as possible. Um, so, yeah. but so I, what do you think about now? I'm sorry. I was saying that I'm happy that a lot of people I know was able to collect unemployment um, and, mm-hmm. you know, and support themselves, support their families. I mean, some of them got in and just went out and 
started buying clothes, but the other people that really needed was able to get it too. So I was happy about that. That's good because, yeah, some people did go out and buy clothes and do stupid stuff and thinking, oh, you know, this is going to be over short real quick and I'm going to be able to go back to work. And, you know, I mean, I have friends um, and family as well that, you know, they were like, what's going to happen? And they've been finding out that their jobs, they're not going to be going back to their building maybe until next spring. Until next, oh, yeah. Yeah, next next spring. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's I mean, crazy so like that. even because in LA, in LA specifically, a lot of businesses opened up for like a hot minute, and then they closed back down. So people thought, you know, they were good going back to work, making money again, and then everything shut back down. So it, it's been, is again, it's just been a lot of uncertain times, and I just hope that it gets figured out soon. Yeah, so other things are going on in the world as well. You know, we have this, um, a lot of protesting uh, about George Floyd and Mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor. uh, Fortunately, Breonna Taylor's mother, uh, I just heard that they received $12 million, I think it is. Let me ask you this. You know, if you lose a child, do you think $12 million is enough? Is is the money the issue, or would you rather have the people, um, you know, held accountable for their crimes? Oh no no no! It, the the money the money is uh, basically Louisville saying take your money and just get over this, you know. And it's 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 not it's never going to be enough because that's not the that's not what the family was asking for, and that's not what we as black people are asking for. We're asking for people to be held accountable for their actions and to you know to be held accountable for what's wrong. And so I think that money is just uh, an attempt for them to just shut the family up. Um, and uh, I'm happy they got the money, and I'm sure they are too, but that's at the end of the day, that's not what the issue is about. Like, she was killed, what, six months ago, I believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She was, mm-hmm. yeah. She was killed March 13th. <laughs> so for her, her, for, her, um, for her killers not to be brought to justice still, it, it's just there's no rhyme or reason for it. So the money... Uh, it's just a bad attempt for them to just try to get rid of this this issue instead of doing the right thing and making sure those guys go to jail or, or, or worse. What do you think about this thing about defund the police? I mean, is that the solution? And when you say defund the police, because people have different interpretations of that. People are like, oh, my God, they're going to completely get, a, get rid of the police. My understanding, they don't want to get completely, but the funds that are going toward the police could be used toward possibly more social programs and helping people so that, um, you know, the, it makes a better community. What's, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, um, I'll say this. I'm from I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, <laughs> and as bad as Baltimore is, and as bad as the police is sometimes out there, I rather have the police around than not. Mm-hmm. I will say that. So I don't yeah. know how far the defunding will go, but I do know that the police, at least from where we're at least coming from. The police are essential because I don't want to think about how bad things would be if the police were not there. Um, I have a okay. few. I have a few fraternity brothers that are policemen. My uncle, he was a policeman for a while before he got into the SWAT. Um, so I think 
I don't think the issue is defunding the police. I think the issue is making sure that the police, like giving more training, having more psychological evaluations and character evaluations of these people that we're calling to serve upon, that are called to serve upon. Um, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be way more extensive uh, insight into these actual people that are being called police than actually defunding and taking them away. It's, I think uh, I know it's a, it's a critical resource for a lot of cities, not just Baltimore, but a lot of cities. So I, I wouldn't say that defunding is the um, is a solution, in my opinion. Now, when you were growing up, you know, as a young black man, okay, you talk about Baltimore. I mean, that's, I mean, they got a lot of issues. I, I, I have a, a stepsister who lives down there, so I, I know about Baltimore and the police. Did you have to deal with being stopped, and when, and how you handled it? Uh, I didn't have to. I got stopped way more in college. Um, when I was in Baltimore, I was with my family a lot. And even when I was in the middle, the end of uh, middle school and high school, um, if I wasn't at school or at practice or at work, I was uh, I was home. <laughs> I was home. My parents <laughs> okay. didn't really play that, like hanging out. And yeah, they didn't really play like hanging out at the wrong places, not being around the right crowd. Um, mm-hmm. So I was I was kept a lot from that. In college, when I was you know, well at the end of high school and in college, when I was able to move by myself, really. And um, and be out and about doing my own business. I got stopped more often then, but it wasn't taught how to handle police. <laughs> I was taught how to handle police. My stepfather, he's in the Marines. Well, he was in the Marines. So mm-hmm. any any officer of the law or any person, um, any military person, he he taught me very much how to talk to him. So I never really had any issues, personal issues with police. But I've had homeboys obviously, who I've seen how they talk to them, and I've seen, and even when they're with me and we get stopped, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm up there trying to escalate the situation. they talking to them like they're crazy. So it, it could still get a little heated, but I never had any personal issues with the police besides, of course, what they do to me and my people as an extension of me. That's my personal right. issue. Yeah. Now, you play a father on the show, um, The Oval, and you've lost your child. What would you tell your child in this time on how to handle police? Um, should they be out protesting? Um, you know, how mm-hmm. how can you help them deal with the fear maybe as a black child, man or woman, going out in the world and, like, being concerned, like, am I going to be stopped by the police and not come home? Or if, you know, if that at that moment, you know, what, what, what would you tell your child? That, that is a hard conversation. Uh, I think that's a hard conversation. I think that is uh, a challenge that African American families definitely have, have had for a long time now. And I, I'm not, um, I'm glad I, I don't have to have that conversation yet with anybody. <laughs> It, okay. it's, it's tricky. It's, it's, yeah, I don't envy them. I don't envy them for having to have that conversation. It's tricky um, because at the end of the day, you are you are a black man, you are a black woman, and you are proud of who you are. You know. Yeah. But pick your battles. <laughs> you know, pick pick your battles. 
live to fight another day, make it home. You know, so yeah. I, I wouldn't want my son or daughter because they have so much pride in, in who they are and they have so much, um, I'm going to stand up for what's right, that they end up dying. You know, I, I'd rather mm-hmm. them make it home and be like, all right, we took an L today, <laughs> but it's all right because you're still, you're still alive, you know. I, I definitely believe right. the protest, first and foremost. The, the protests are essential. That's no no doubt about that. The protests are essential. The, the peaceful protests are essential. Let me be specific. The peaceful yeah. protests are essential. Um, but when being stopped by the police is it's, you're already in a lose-lose situation, you know? I feel, mm-hmm. like, I feel like as a black yeah. person, a black man in America, you're already in a lose-lose situation. So pick the route that's going to uh, have you living. Get you home. <laughs> you know, yeah, pick get L. you home. Yeah, pick the one that's going to get you home, not get you in jail, not get you not get you shot. Um, and I understand that you, again, be proud of who you are, stand up for your rights, but at the same time, make it home. Make it back to your loved ones. Make it back to your children. It's 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 a it's so, a tough it's a tough it's a tough conversation. Yeah, it is. I'm a parent, and also I worked with um, young men between the ages of 13 and 18. And actually, um, we uh, got there was a PDF made by the Black Police Association um, that people can download from the Black Police Association's website. I think if it's still there, and it, it talks about things to do uh-huh. when you are stopped. So if anybody's listening and they have you know children and they're not sure what to say, that that might be able to help them. Um, let's talk about this call you got from Tyler Perry though to be on this show. Like, where were you? What were you doing? <laughs> Did you like not believe it was him? I mean, were you expecting it? Just talk to us about this whole thing here. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, when I got the call from Tyler, that was I think April of 2019. Um, so I, I did a show with uh, Blame It On Quay, uh, Quaylen Rogers, and that aired in 2018. Um, and then Quay got picked up to do a play with Tyler, the last the last tour play. Um, so they were working together for a few months. And then Quay texted me. He said, hey, I think Tyler uh, wants your information. Can I give it to him? I'm like, hell yeah, man. What you got to ask me for? Of course. <laughs> what? Like, why you even got to ask? Can I give it to him? <laughs> why like, you even got to You have to call me about that. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Saw so, I me mean, and, you know, wanted to, to speak to me about something. Uh, but I didn't know when it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be. A day from now, I didn't know if it was going to be a year from now, you know. I just thought, okay, God's mm-hmm. opening doors, planting seeds, um, yada, yada, yada. So 10 minutes later, I go into my kitchen, I start cooking, <laughs> and I see uh, a 404 number pop up. And I'm like, this can't be him already. <laughs> already. <laughs> I'm like, this cannot be Tyler Perry already. Yeah. This was like 10 minutes ago that he asked for a number all right, so I answer the phone, <laughs> and I'm like, because uh, I, I have a thing, I have a, a thought that it's him, but I'm like, all right, sure. I'm like, uh, you know, hello, uh, this is Vaughn Hepburn. <laughs> he said, is this Vaughn? <laughs> you did your professional said, voice, said, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, real respect. Uh, he's like, Tyler Perry here, sir. Nice to meet you. I said, oh, uh, uh, Ty- Tyler. 
uh, how you doing? <laughs> like trying to act surprised, like I didn't know she was gonna be calling. But it was it was so surreal, you know. It was so surreal that he called me personally right after right after I got a heads up that he might be calling me, and um, and I was actually still cooking <laughs> while he was calling me because I was still kind of in shock. And he's like, he's yeah. like, what you doing over there? And I said, um, I, I'm I'm cooking, sir. He said, well, people usually stop what they're doing to talk to me when I call them. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I was like, that's I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> so uh, he, yeah, he called me up personally, and um, <laughs> and uh, we talked about, you know, he he was asking about my background with acting and where I was from, just getting some, you know, information on me. And then he started talking to me about the Oval, which I didn't know it was called the Oval at the time. He just said, I got this project coming up that I think you'll be perfect for. Um, I saw mm-hmm. your show before, and you had a lot of comedy chops. I was I was interested, you know, to see if you would be interested in drama as well. And, you know, Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler he, uh, when he says drama, he means very, very heavy drama. <laughs> right, right. Because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was signing up for at the time. But, um, but yeah, we had the conversation. Um, you know, he still wanted me to audition for the role. So I went in and uh, did a good job at the audition in front of Ken Coleman. And um, three months later, I was down in Atlanta getting ready to film. That's such a blessing. Wow. You know how many people struggle. I mean, you're still very young, and they, and people are struggling, you know, for years, 10 years, 15 years before they actually get, you know, I know people in the business, and they, and then it's like finally, boom, after all this time, and people think like, oh, oh, they just got it. No, they've been working in this business for like 10, 15, 20 years, you know? So it's such a blessing that you, yeah. you got this role. Um, it's, it's, it's a great role. How do you um, practice your lines? How do you learn your lines? What are things – tips and tricks you could give people um, on learning lines and stuff for, for a young actor? <laughs> uh, gotcha, yeah. Um, thing is with Tyler, because we shoot so much in a day, like we'll, we'll shoot probably, we'll probably shoot maybe 70 to 80 scenes a day. Wow. So, uh, if you yeah, if you could do a Tyler Perry show, you can do anything else when it comes to learning your lines. Because there are some days mm. where I have 40 pages of dialogue, and some days I have 50 pages of dialogue in one day. So mm, um, mm, mm. how do I memorize my lines? I, <laughs> I just stay up and just just crank them out. I just crank them out. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm a Q, so, you know, I, I, I've gotten used to memorizing things pretty fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'll say about that. But that's all you think about that, right? For but, being yeah, from being online, helps. you yeah, have to be exactly. online, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, you know. So um yeah, I, I just I just crank it out. I mean there's character work and there's, you know, for crafting these scenes and, you know, trying to come up with these performances that obviously help. But at the end of the day it's just about using somebody to help you read with and just literally going over it so much that it just becomes, it, it starts, it's, it's falling off your tongue without you even, especially mm-hmm. with Tyler, because we'll go from one scene and five minutes later we'll be in a whole nother scene. Um, like literally five minutes later we'll be in a whole nother scene. 
and you just have it has to be so ingrained in you in, in you that you're not even thinking about the words; it's just literally falling out. Um, right. So I think for for any actor, you just have to be so familiar with the dialogue and so familiar with with the scene that you're not even thinking about it. It's your auto, your automatic response is your line. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to say. I mean, if you're doing that many, um, you got 40 pages a day or something. I mean, like you said, if you can do Tyler Perry, you can do anything else. <laughs> no, no problem. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Um, when it comes to the dialogue, when it comes to the amount of dialogue, that's it. So um, let me ask you this: You're in really good shape. I mean, from what I see, I'm just looking at pictures and whatnot. Um, I don't really know, but um, <laughs> so um, yeah, let's talk about your workout. What? How, what'd you say? <laughs> no, I said I said yes, ma'am. Right? <laughs> you went. <wouldn't know. laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh God, you gotta say, ma'am. Make me feel so goddamn old. But anyway, um, I am older I'm than sorry. you. <laughs> That's okay. What's your workout? What do you do to stay in shape? Are you running? Are you doing weights? Doing jumping rope? I mean, what's your what's your plan? And, and how often do you work out? Um, so I just actually just did a, a GQ Fitness article on this uh, recently. Um, so my workout really consists of so I try to work out seven to eight times a week. Uh, and it's, I, I don't know, I've been working out since I was probably five years old. <laughs> so it's something that's ingrained with me. I might be a little off because I understand that's a lot. But I work out like seven to eight times a week if I can. And it consists of weightlifting um, and also boxing and kickboxing. And sometimes mm. here I'll do like a workout where it's a lot of cardio or I might go outside and, you know, do some sprints or do a lot of uh, high-intensity interval training. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I lift all the time, and I, I'm either kickboxing or boxing all the time, too. So I'll do four workouts, and then I'll take a day off, and then I'll do another four workouts, and then I'll take a day off. And then, obviously, during the week, I diet heavy. So I have, like, five to six meals a day um, mm-hmm. that I cook. And I try to stick to that as much as I can. <laughs> Sometimes I go a little off. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm just very strict with my dieting and my uh, fitness routine. So you have a cheat day? I mean, what's your, what, and what do you eat on your cheat day? <clears throat> oh, yeah, my cheat, day, my cheat days are the weekend. And that's when I splurge. Like, uh, I, I have a huge sweet tooth. Um, I love seafood seafood platters, so I'll go always get mm-hmm. some seafood or something, or have a nice, I don't eat steak or red meat a lot, but maybe once a month, I'll have a steak or I'll have a big burger, um, okay. or I'll just go get some soul food, or, you know, hopefully a friend or something is cooking, so, yeah, on weekends, I eat, I, I eat, I splurge, I have a good time, <laughs> and then on Monday, I go back to the diet, you know? Right, go back to the so again. Yes, ma'am. So now, so now, um, you said you're a comedian. I was reading about that. That you know, you you actually, you know, you have this very huh? serious role. You know, this angry guy. But um, you're you're comedic. Um, and and in what way? I mean, are you doing slapstick? You feel, or are you like one of the like when some when you tell a joke, oh, no. it takes five minutes for us to 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 know what it is. Or 
No, no, I'm I'm sorry if I if that came off wrong. I'm not a comedian. I did a comedy show. Uh, Tyler saw me on a comedy show before, so I'm I'm not a comedian myself. I just did a comedy show before. Oh yeah, no, I got that. I was just I was just saying I I know that I had read okay. that you have a comedic side. A lot of people you see this angry guy, but that's not oh. you. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, on, yes, on yes, the yes, oval, yeah, yeah. you know, like in real life. Yeah, yeah. In real life, I'm I'm very much uh, <laughs> I'm kind of sarcastic. I'm kind of crude, but it's all in good fun. I just like to have a good time yeah. and uh, try to make people uh, open up, loosen up a little bit. Um, I'm always cracking the joke on something. It's very different from Barry, you know. And because Barry has right. so much drama going on in the show, you really only get to see that side of um, of me as an actor because I have to do obviously Barry justice with everything he has going on. So I don't, you don't see a lot of me smiling and playing and all this other stuff. But in real life, yeah, I'm very playful, and uh, I like to smile, I like to laugh, and I like other people around me to be able to do so as well. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, the other show I did with uh, Quay, it was totally different. I was cracking jokes and laughing and, and cutting up the whole time. So, um, you know, if anybody's interested to see the different side, that that would be the place to go. <laughs> or just watch my Instagram. So, I'm always doing something. Uh, watch your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you just some yeah. silly questions. Um, are you a dog person or a cat person? Uh... You know what I mean? Like, I love dogs, and I want to be a dog person so much. But the way I be feeling sometimes, you know, at home, it's like, Dad, I wish I had a pet, but I can't take care of a dog because I'll be gone all day. Or if I travel, I'm mm. like, I ain't about to get a babysitter for you. So I'll be wanting a cat <laughs> sometimes too. But then I'll be like, oh. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'm a manly man. Should I have a cat, you know? Or maybe a cat will make me, <laughs> make me look bad. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god Alright Peanut butter and jelly Versus turkey and cheese the Depends on the day Okay Oh peanut butter and jelly All day Peanut butter and jelly All day Peanut butter and jelly All day So What what yeah. makes a good uh, Peanut butter and jelly sandwich though Is it the jelly The peanut butter Or the bread First of all You gotta You gotta warm the bread up I mean that's first and foremost You know what I mean You gotta warm the bread up And then you got to have a lot of peanut butter, but the jelly is really what makes it, like, you know, juicy. You know, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say peanut butter is dry. <laughs> right, butter is dry. right, right, right. You got to you know. It's a, if you're going to eat it, it got to be a little moisture. <laughs> All right, this conversation can go somewhere okay. that we don't want it to go. So thank it you could, so much, yeah. Vaughn, exactly. for being on the show today. Um, I wish you so much success <laughs> dealing with this COVID and still trying to get work. Um, but, again, thank you so much, really, for coming yes, on the yeah. show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Joy. All right, you have a good evening. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, you do the same. Take care of yourself. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with actor Vaughn Hebron. You can check them out in the Oval. They're coming back in October 2020. Also, really not anytime soon, he'll be um, in the King Richard movie. They got delayed. It'll be out, and he said, almost like a year from now, just because of all this COVID drama. So still keep an eye out. I'm sure that'll be a really good movie, the two of them together. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. 
and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, I'm doing two shows um, this coming weekend. Um, you want to check out, it'll be uh, musician Billy Childs. He's a jazz pianist. And uh, Ellis Coase, he's a journalist, scholar, um, talking about free speech. So check that out. That's Saturday between 11 and 12. All right, you guys have a good evening. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.